Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 26 of the Nugget Climbing Podcast. Half a year we've been doing this. Holy moly. Today's guest on the podcast is Ben Harrington. Ben is a professional root setter and is likely the most prolific boulderer in Washington state. Ben has climbed more than 250 double-digit boulder problems, including five V14s, and as far as I know, he's climbed more of Washington's hard problems than anybody, including adding many hard first ascents of his own. We covered a ton of stuff in this episode. We talked about why Ben thinks he performs best as a weekend warrior, and he shared his three go-to indoor sessions that he does during the week. We also talked about skateboarding, how it's similar and different from climbing, We talked about Ben's history with drug addiction, about getting sober, and about how he channels that obsessive part of his personality into climbing. We talked about some of his tactics for projecting boulders, about his most meaningful first ascents, and his thoughts about the possibility of establishing the first V15 in Washington. Ben has also been sport climbing more in the last few years, and we talked about a first ascent he did in the spring of a 514 on a 50-foot granite boulder, a route that he ended up naming Imagine. You can check out the show notes for footage of Ben climbing Imagine, along with a few bouldering videos and a fun skate park video he put together. All of that is over at thenuggetclimbing.com. And that's it. Thanks, Ben. Thank you all for listening. Please enjoy this conversation with Ben Harrington. So you work as a route setter, right? Yeah, I work at Stone Gardens Bellevue. Okay. And you're not back at work yet? No, and it really drags. <laughs> it really drags. Yeah. Yeah. So I was gonna. I was curious. What did you do today on a rest day without being able to go to work? Well, usually I I skateboard on my rest days. Okay. To keep myself sane. It's actually interesting to think back before, like I worked a lot, and this used to be my life it was like I would just skate and rock climb all the time. Okay. Now that I work pretty regularly, I find it really weird going back to it. It almost like makes my anxiety going up. I, I like the structure of going to work. I like the way it makes me feel. Interesting. Yeah, and I like, you know, to to be constantly filled with this like purpose and need. And I feel like now I wake up and I'm a little aimless. Huh. Now that I've come out the other end. Right? Okay. And I, yeah, I don't like it. I can almost feel like, like I said, like anxiety creeping back in or a little bit of depression creeping back in where it used to be just like get up, go to work, have purpose and then be like, all right, now I'm going to go skate and fill that void. Hmm. I've always thought about this with being like a professional climber. For me, it's just like, it's not quite enough to always just be rock climbing. It must feel some of what you're talking about, but yeah. not, not quite. Cause I've gone that. on extended road trips yeah. say for like, you know, four months or five months. And then by the end of it, you're kind of like. You don't value climbing in the same way you do when you're a weekend warrior, Mm. right? When you're a weekend warrior, every second of climbing is, like, enjoyable. Mm -hmm. You're just like, I cannot wait to get to the weekend. You know, you're like, I'm going to this climb, I'm going to this climb, I'm going to, you're hammering it out, and then all week you're feeling about it. When you're on an extended road trip, it's just like, it slowly just gets a little, like, a little less. You're just like, oh, tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) You know, I have all this time, I'll do it a little. Mm -hmm. Like, the value drops, but very subtly, just slowly. I can totally relate to that. I'm, like, really wrestling with that lately. Yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah, it's like the drive to be like, oh, I really want to get up this climb, or I'm going to really try hard. Mm -hmm. Because I have to wait a whole week 
to come back here. And who knows, it might be raining next weekend. Yeah. First, when you're on the perpetual road trip, you're just kind of, eh, tomorrow. I'll try a little harder tomorrow. I'll try a little harder. Mm-hmm. So yeah. skating, I mean, it, it's interesting because I was going to bring up skating. Your handle on Instagram is Climb and Skate. And I've heard you say, like, if I'm not climbing, I'm skating. So that used to be, those used to be the two things. Well, skating started way before rock climbing. Okay. So basically, since I was like, like eight, I've been skateboarding. I didn't start climbing until I was maybe like 21. Okay. So yeah, for me, skateboarding, I, you know, I was thinking about this with my Instagram, uh, that, uh, it's becoming really one-sided, uh-huh. you know, it's like all climbing and like Climb hardly and any skate. skate. <laughs> it's not that I don't skate. I actually skate quite a bit. It's okay. just, I don't take the time to film it like, or to document it. Like okay. I, like I do climbing. Did you the, used to? Yeah, I did a lot more so. Okay. I think for me, I, I kind of moved away from the like with skateboarding it's kind of like my escape where i don't care what people think mm. and i don't feel that need to be like to prove that i'm good at it mm-hmm. and and i still like to, to film but there's also part of me that's just like hey eh, let's just do it because it's fun you mm-hmm. know and every once in a while it's like okay let's get a clip yeah is it progressive are you like do you have goals with skateboarding are you working on tricks or oh i mean it's just like climbing you're always progressive i wouldn't say that i'm like I'm definitely going to do this or I'm like striving for a certain trick. It's just every day it's like I go through and like do my tricks and that's like mastering. That's one thing that really differs between climbing and skateboarding is skateboarding. You're mastering it Mm. where the equivalence would be like if you had a circuit of boulders and and you went and just like banged out all those climbs and you wanted to have them feel perfect. Mm -hmm. And then after doing that, you would go to a new climb. In climbing, how, I don't feel that way talking? at all. Yeah, how many how many tricks, how many boulders are we talking in that? I mean, every analogy? day I go through and like make sure I've got my like my staples. Uh-huh. You know, I go through and like hit the quarter pipe and do my like blonde fakie. Like uh, you uh-huh. probably don't know any of these tricks. No, I don't. But yeah, That's I'll do great. like, like <laughs> kick flip, frontside flip, tray flip. You know, switch flip. Like I'll go through all like my tricks and then I'll progress on top of that. I'll be like, okay, this is the, this is where I left off. Mm. Now I'm gonna pick up from there because mm-hmm. being consistent has a really good feeling to it mm. where in climbing i don't feel like that at all like climbing is the second i climb something i have it, there's zero value to me like for the most part i'm just like next puzzle next puzzle next puzzle <laughs> yeah because for me climbing is like you know it's about solving it it's a, it's about achieving it and once you achieve it the value goes down hmm. where skateboarding it's slightly different it's like more about mastery it's mastery plus achieving it's a mixture because like climbing, getting to the top is everything, not necessarily how you do it. Like style doesn't matter in climbing, which I've always thought that's weird coming from a skateboarding background because mm, okay. I think style matters a lot. Uh-huh. And so if I climb something in, with really bad style, like you're just feet are popping, you're flopping, you're looking crap, like I'll reclimb it. Okay. Because I just, I, I don't like that. I just I don't. What I do you- think that when people say like, oh, Blinkety Blink's my favorite climber. You say, why? And they say, no, mostly it's style. It's just that climbing hasn't come to terms with style. Mm. It's like, why do we like Sharma? Why do more people like Sharma versus Dave Graham? Style. Hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> they prefer his style. But we just haven't come to terms with it. We haven't acknowledged it yet. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the hardest climb that you've done that with? Or you weren't happy with the style, so you repeated it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in a rare bubble where... Because I'm in the mastery, like I like to master moves, I tend to not like get through climbs with just the pure tryhard. Okay. For me, climbing breaks up into three categories. It's like 
strength technique and like try hard which i would say mental encompasses everything okay you know so it's like if you're afraid your try hard is what's holding you back Hmm. for me try hard is the one that is always holding me back okay yeah i feel like strength and technique are fine i mean of course you could always be better in those departments yeah but the one that's lacking the most for me is try hard okay and so i feel like sometimes i'll come off a climb and i'll be like man i was desperate you know that felt like i just barely went by the skin of my teeth and then i'll watch the footage and it'll be like it doesn't even look like i'm trying <laughs> and i've had people tell me that you know you know they yeah. come up to me and be like i can't like i'll watch the video very closely uh-huh. you know and i'll be like oh there's where you try hard uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. i've had people say that to me and i'm like <laughs> you know it's kind of true but inside i'm desperate like i feel like i'm trying really okay. hard you think it stems from that mastery mindset, though, from... You know, I don't know. It game. might just be a personality type. Okay. Yeah. Because I've heard Fred Nicole talk about that, too, that he wants to, to feel like he's mastered the climber, he's mastered the move. Mm. And I want to feel that way, too. But in the last couple of years, I've definitely been working on, like, just forcing it. Mm. Because I think Adam Alondra really proved that to everybody, right? Is like, to be that good, sometimes this is what it takes, mm. is to just try hard. Mm-hmm. And so I've really been trying to encompass that and not caring so much about style. But if I came off the wall and it looked like crap, I'd do it again. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Is there a way that you think about practicing that? What? Practicing what? Practicing the try hard. Yeah. uh, I I tend to do it with uh, gym climbing. Okay. So what I'll do is like a brand new set. I'll go through and I'll give myself maybe three tries or I'll do flashing. Okay. I'll be like, okay, here's all the boulders that I could potentially flash. Now I'm just going to one try as hard as I possibly can and then force myself to walk away. Mm. And then some days it's three tries and it's always from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the past I've fallen complacent in the way where if I fell off, I would pull on where I fell mm-hmm. and then try to like figure out that move and then figure out the move and then go from the beginning. Yeah. Where my rule now is the first three tries are always from the beginning and it's always trying really hard. Okay. Just in the gym. Yeah, just in the gym. I mean, outside too. I mean, of course, like if you walk up to Boulder and you're like, oh, I can flash this. I'll try really hard those first couple tries. But once I hit like the three try mark, I'm like, okay, now let's master the moves. Okay. Okay. I want to dig more into gym climbing because we had some really interesting conversations about your gym climbing and your training. But first, a little bit more on the skating thing. Do you ever have days where you just can't repeat any of your tricks? Oh, yeah. It's just like climbing. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, right? (laughs) You know, sometimes you go in and you rock climbing, you're just like, why do I suck today? (laughs) And you just, you can't explain it, right? It's Uh the exact same for skating. Like, dude, sometimes I'll take a month off from skating, come back, and I'll just be ripping. Just like every (laughs) trick just feels great. And I'm just like, you know, just like, ha ha. Like in skateboarding, it's got more of a culture of like, you're trying to kind of show off to the locals or Mm. or the skate park. I guess climbing does have that too. Yeah. Not necessarily in a negative way. Uh It's kind of to show that you have a right to be there. Okay. It has more of a culture, like, especially if you go to a skate park where people don't know you. Mm. Like if I go to a park and nobody has a clue who I am, there is this kind of like, oh, you want to you wanna ride around the park? Like, oh, you got to earn that right type thing. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to show off your tricks and then people are like, okay, okay, he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. or she knows who he's, what mm-hmm. she's doing type thing. <laughs> you have to kind of earn that little bit of respect. Where, yeah, it's not so much that way with climbing. Like climbing is pretty much fair across the board. You're just like, you can go, you can go type thing. Yeah. And so sometimes like I'll come back to skateboarding and be like, 
you know, way out of it and just be like, oh, I'm killing it. And then the other times I'll be like consistent with it and feeling really good. And then it'll just be like one day where I'm just like, I can't even land a kickflip on flat yeah. or my kickflip doesn't feel right. What do you do on those days? Do you push through or do you just call it? Yeah, of course. Or? Okay. Push through. Yeah. I'll always push through. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I never give up. No, there's no point. Okay. I'd say if anything, like the try hard mentality we're talking about is not giving up will enhance that way more. Hmm. You just put it to the grind. I just think of it as like, this is not a success day. This is a, like a, a training day. Oh, cool. So I just reframe it in my mind. Okay. I like that. So you said something interesting when you're talking about the structure, you know, not having work and missing that and how when you're a weekend warrior, those days are really precious. We were at the cliff the other day. We've been climbing at Little Side and running into each other. And we were talking and, and you said something really interesting. I think you said, I'm paraphrasing, but... I'm not one of those climbers that can stay strong by just climbing outside. And I think you said that you actually tend to perform best when you're just a weekend warrior. For sure. Yeah. It's a mixture of the try hard aspect that I'm talking about and the consistency in the week. You know, if you're climbing indoors, say Monday through Thursday or say Tuesday through Thursday, the intensity of indoors, you just can't get outside. Mm. Volume and intensity. Like outdoors, there's way more variables. It's like conditions and skin and like, does the climb suit you in this perfect way? Where indoors, it's just like, can you pull? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, try hard. And I'd say strength, like technique is probably my best aspect. So uh, if I can get my try hard up and my strength up, that's what I, I work on the most. Hmm. And it sounds like you have a pretty consistent three-day cycle in the gym. Yeah. I mean, sometimes with setting, whew. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you'll come in and you'll be like oh i just climbed like three days in a row or something outside and then yeah. you'll come in monday tuesday wednesday and set and you'll just be like oh i do not want to set <laughs> yeah, I, bet. I do not want to full run I, I bet how do you think about that with your training do you count that as like a normal climbing session or mm, it depends on how hard the day is okay like sometimes we'll set ropes and that's not very hard okay like physically but if we set boulders oh yeah but what I'll tend to do is like, oh, say I'm tired and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to perform. I always have default modes to go to. Okay. So it's like, okay, you have your strength. Okay. I'm a hundred percent. I'm going to try the hardest boulder that I can possibly do. Now, if you're three days on and, and you're feeling crummy, but you still feel like you can climb, not like, okay, I need to give up. Then I'll just do endurance. Mm. I'll just jump on the auto bully and be like five eleven, five eleven, five twelve, five twelve. Okay. Just back to back to back to back is until I literally can't open my hand. Okay. So those are two of them, yep. strength day, endurance day. And then you have the middle day. Okay. So, you know, usually first day is max bouldering. I'm trying to do the hardest boulder or I'm training try hard. Like you said, that's either. I heard Sharma say this and I agree with him. It's like, I either want to have climbs that I flash or do really quick, or I want them to be really hard. Hmm. It's the climbs in between that I find not very interesting. Interesting. Do you yeah. find them not helpful for your progression? Yeah, or just no, I mean, no, because uh, for the most part, I want it to be really, really hard where it takes everything I have to mm-hmm. get it, or I want to do it really quick. Okay. And the middle ones are kind of, they're just there to like frustrate you and piss you off, right? Because <laughs> they fall into that middle ground where you can't quite do it quick, but it's also not really hard. Uh-huh. So they're, they're just kind of like, they're just there, you know? Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, they're, those ones are just set up to piss you off. And I'm not saying I don't do them. I do them all the time. Yeah. But uh, they're not my like main focus. They're not what gets me jazzed. Okay. 
Cool. I want to I want to dig into each of those days. So let's start with the strength day where you're just like projecting something really hard. Just you just pick one boulder and just focus on that the whole time. Or how does that? Oh look no. Usually I'll go through and focus on the flashing or the three tries first. Okay. So I'll kind of get like a good warm up and then be like, okay, here's like usually I'd say V7 to like V10 or V11. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna try flash as many of these as possible, and I'll do a, like quite a few of them. I guess because when you're when you climb at a higher grade, which most people don't think about, your options in the gym are actually quite limited. Sure. You know. Yeah. So most people have like this top end of a plenty of things to do. For me, it's like okay, I'll flash a lot of them, and then there'll be like one really hard climb in the gym. Okay. And so I'll go to that really hard climb and be like, okay, and I'll set them for myself. So I'll set them really hard to be like, or I'll have one of the other guys like Johnny sent me one. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, you know, go as hard as I can at that climb. And then as I feel myself deteriorating, then I go back to the easier climbs. Mm. So I think a lot of people make this mistake is they go into the gym and they go like, I'm going to do all the threes, all the fours, all the fives, Mm -hmm. all the six. By the time they get to like seven, they're just, they're done. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like the opposite. You go, for me, it's like warm up on super easy stuff. Then I'll climb maybe a couple like sevens to nines and then go straight to the hardest thing I can do. Mm. And then I work my way back down. Now I'm like, okay, now let's do the tens and the nines and the eights as I start to like go downhill. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm kind of smiling because this is the third conversation I've had in a row on the podcast that that's a really consistent theme for the last few episodes, actually. How do you think about style for that really hard thing? Do you care what style it is? Is it just whatever it happens to be? Do you try to set yourself really hard things in a specific style that's a weakness for you? Or how do you think about that? You know, I don't think setting for yourself is very productive unless it's like a simulator. Mm. For the most part, you tend to change it too much so that you can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just don't find it that interesting because as we're forerunning, I'm like, well, I can't do it. I'm going to add this. So oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm going to add this. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're always going against time, mm-hmm. right? And so management's like, oh, you can't basically spend all day trying to figure out that one move. Where really, if I sat there for hours, I would finally crack that one move. Mm. And so because of that time constraint, you know, I'm adjusting and making it easier and making it easier until I can attain it or Mm -hmm. at least attain all the moves. So I, I don't know that one's, it doesn't really work in the high end unless I create a simulator where I'm like, okay, this thing's really hard. Let's just leave it really hard. Mm -hmm. For the most part, I like to climb other people's hard climbs Okay. because then it'll be like, it'll be within their style. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person I don't, I don't know if I really have a style. I think people say I have a style, but I, I try to pride myself on doing everything. Mm-hmm. I want to do, like do, yeah, I, I want to be able to do the hardest slide climb and I want to be able to do the hardest roof and I want to be able to do the hardest, you know, sport climb and I want to do the Cobra Crack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. So to me, yeah, it's just like, there's so much to do uh-huh. and there's so many like good styles of climbing that people, and I think slab is probably the one that, or crimps. You know, where people are just like, well, that's stupid. You know, I don't mm-hmm. like that. And really it's just, oh, I'm not good at it. Hmm. And so I'm going to blame it. You, you, hear, you hear this with Smith all the time. I mean, you're from Smith, right? right. People come there from the Red River Gorge and they're like, this total sucks. <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. This is total crap. Yeah. And really it's just their ego, right? Their ego's getting beat down a little bit and they don't like it. Uh-huh. You know, we all want to like feel good about it. It but, might not be as objectively fun. 
I mean, oh, yeah, I sure. absolutely love it. This it's type two fun. It's type it. two fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I could, I've always been able to understand that part of it. Like, it might not be as type one fun, at least until you crack it. <laughs> exactly. But you have to take that time. Uh-huh. Exactly. There's so many styles of climbing that, I mean, let's be honest. There's lots of styles of climbing that aren't fun. I mean, we grab sharp holds true. all the time. Very true. You know, yeah. this is pretty normal. I hear people say that. And I'm like, yeah, but the, the style that you're talking about has its flaws, too. Mm-hmm. You know? If it was all roses and sunshine, we'd be sitting on the couch watching TV like everyone else. Right. You go to the red, you get so pumped, you want to vomit at the top of the roof sometimes. Yeah. It's not yeah. Really yeah, definitely. It's not type fun. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And they got sharp pockets, right? Yeah. So everything, it's give and take with everything. You know, I love Smith. Uh-huh. You know, it's one of those things where you just have to learn it. And mostly what we're talking about is the sketchiness of being comfortable standing on feet that feel like they're going to pop. You know, the red doesn't have that. The red, you have security in your feet. Mm -hmm. And really what most people are talking about is that. Mm. It's because it also triggers that mental terrified. So it's like, okay, you're already a little nervous about rope climbing or some aspect like that. And then now you're like smearing where you have to trust everything to these tiny little nubs right. and then it just amplifies that fear hmm. but once you get over that hump you're like oh this is great hmm. right that makes I mean, sense i yeah. can't i can't explain for the sharp pockets but like <laughs> i said river gorge got sharp pockets uh-huh. I and mean, you're always going to have your variety right and not every area has five star perfect lines just back to back to back to back you're going to be like oh this one's one star this and so yeah <laughs> most yeah. of us don't have the ability to just fly around and only climb five-star perfect lines for the rest of our lives. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I don't think we'd get as good at climbing if we did that. No. The the savage climbs teach us something. Teach yeah, us I mean, something. well, think about hard climbing, like I said. Is hard climbing necessarily that fun while you're doing it? Mm-hmm. While you're doing it? No, it's more type two fun. It's like you're grabbing micro crimps in the park in Colorado to prove that you can climb V15. Mm-hmm. That necessarily isn't enjoyable while you're doing it. But it's definitely enjoyable to reflect on. Hmm. It's enjoyable to reflect on the hard work uh, and the fact that you persevered and the grit and all those aspects. Mm-hmm. And the problem solving. Yeah, and the problem solving, the body positioning. Like, yeah, if, honestly, for me, the the puzzle is more interesting than the physical aspect. Hmm. When I came from skateboarding, the thing that was kind of boring me was the repetitiveness. Okay. That the mastery was a little getting old because I'd go to the the same skate park with the same setup skate the same obstacles and you could go to new parks but the variety wasn't as much when i first found climbing that's the thing that really drew me to climbing Mm. was i was like oh you mean i could climb all day every day for the rest of my life and never climb the same climb twice sign me up Mm -hmm. and uh, you know i like puzzles I, i like to solve things so the climbing i mean it's great I want to stick with this uh, gym thing a little bit longer. I want to dig into it a little more. So the the project day, how long is that session? Oh, I'd say two or three hours. Okay. Okay. Usually then... tops, yeah. Endurance, sometimes I'll go a little longer, but power, rarely. Power, we're talking like hour and a half. And then I guess, you know, with the warm up and the warm down, you're talking like an hour of like legit hard climbing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the build up to it and the, and the cool off from it. Mm-hmm. How long will you session the really hard thing? Kind of just depends on the climb. Okay. It depends. You know, it's like if it's a one mover or mm-hmm. like a three mover and it takes everything I have, 
like I said, maybe a half hour, uh-huh. maybe an hour <laughs> right. tops. Yeah. But if it's say like a power endurance thing, because if it's a power endurance, you might be taking huge rests sure. in between. So that, that takes a lot of time. Okay. So yeah, I guess it just really depends. Also, I guess I wouldn't say I focus as hard on pure power indoors as okay. much as I do outdoors. Interesting. To me, like the gym is more for the, you know, let's bang them out. Let's, let's do a bunch of climbs. Mm-hmm. Let's have fun. And outdoor is where I'm like, this is my max rep, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I, I try to think about it in like weightlifting terms, you know, the gym is, you know, taking a lighter weight and doing as many reps as you can. Mm-hmm. And outdoors is taking your max weight and going one done. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm focusing on the absolute hardest thing I can do, it's usually outside because who could be motivated inside to put that kind of work into one climb? Right. So definitely the bar is a lot lower indoors. Okay. Interesting. And then after you focused on that like max hard grade and you're kind of coming back down the pyramid a little bit, how long will you stick with that session? Like until your power drops off? Or are you like pushing through some fatigue while you're doing that? Or Because I, I, I guess I ask because I see this a lot in the gym where people will project and maybe have some really good efforts on their project and get some good training out of it. But then they'll just keep climbing for way too long after that and yeah. totally wreck themselves. You know, I guess it depends. I, I guess for me, I don't look at it like, oh, this is scientifically how mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best. You know, I rock climb because it's fun. Mm-hmm. And some days I'm just like, I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go until I'm wrecked. Uh-huh. And some days I'm like, eh, this isn't as fun. Like, I'll just try to do the hardest thing and then and move along or try to do like maybe a slightly easier climb. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's really hard to stay focused on something really hard in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like I rarely put more than like two sessions, three sessions. In it. I'd say three sessions max indoors. Okay. I, I'm not like coming back to it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. To me, it, you have to have that aesthetics, you know, the, the, the grandeur of the line and indoor climbs just don't do that for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I see other people do it. They'll project one climb for like a month. Indoors. Right. I'm just like, I would just rather save it for outside. That's okay. what outside climbing is. Inside climbing is just like fun. Cool. <laughs> Let's just like get it done. Okay. Yeah. What does your medium day look like? Medium day is probably pretty similar depending on how tired I am where I'll still go for the hardest thing because generally you'll have like a, a really short window the second day where you can still climb at your max, mm-hmm. but the window's way shorter. Okay. So I'll do the same kind of warm up, but generally, you know, second day, it's like, it's not a new wall. So you know what's there, you know, what's, what's been done. So more, it's like now you're filling in the creases, doing the climbs that you didn't do. And this is usually the day right after. The yeah. Yeah. Day. I usually climb two days on or three days in a row and then take one rest day. Okay. So usually the second day it's like, okay, I already know the climbs. I know the ones that suited me perfectly. I flashed them yesterday. You know, I try, I know the really hard one cause I couldn't do it. And then I come back the next day and I kind of fill in the creases of maybe like the fives or the sevens that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, go back to the straight hardest thing. And then the window is a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, either you do it or you don't. And if you don't just walk away and then, then I kind of start going into more like an endurance mode Okay. where I'll do a little bit of endurance. And then usually the third day is when it's just straight endurance. Until you can't open your hand. Yeah. Usually I'll yeah. go in and I'll rope climb for okay. the most part and I'll do like, 
I'll go up like 512 plus or 513 and then down 511, up 512 plus, down 511. Without I'll just coming do off the wall? Yeah, without coming off the yeah, wall. Yeah, okay. I'll just unclip as I'm down climbing. Down leading and then leading. I found the most pumpy way is to down climb something hard, to be honest. Like okay. I get more pumped down climbing like a 511 plus or 512 than I will going up a 513. <laughs> Interesting. Because you're just not used to it. Yeah. It just takes all this energy you know the eccentric motion i think it's called this yeah when you're just like extending really slowly yeah do you think it's helped oh yeah yeah i mean the last two years i focused more on endurance because you know i've been picking up a lot of sport climbing but right. transferring back to bouldering it's great okay because when i go back to bouldering i remember like dying like be shaking halfway through a boulder problem you know and be <laughs> like oh, i can't make it to the end uh-huh. that almost never happens anymore wow okay. to me like i'll do a long boulder like say I, you know i did the the reckoning not too long ago in squamish and it's a long boulder it's like the second i made it through the hard part i was like yeah how many moves do you think uh it's probably it goes into a v10 and the v10 is probably like i don't know probably like six moves seven moves somewhere in there and then the, the low start adds maybe like a six or seven moves into it okay it adds probably like a v12 or yeah maybe an easy 13 into a 10 mm mm-hmm. mhm but it's like, as soon as I got into the tent, it was like, oh, this is happening. Mm. You know? Okay. I never thought like, oh, I'm going to pump out of this whole thing. Gotcha. And uh, that's the one thing that sport climbing has really helped with is that, like, even on boulder problems, I'll get to a hold where I'm like, this hold feels good. Oh, I'm resting on it. Like, while I'm getting ready for the next section where I'll watch my friends that only do three move board problems mm. and they're dying on like a six move rock climb. By the mm. end, they're shaking violently, like having a really hard time mantling mm. where I'm just like, Psh. You know, from sport climbing, you get used to the the mental aspect of being comfortable, being really tired. Mm-hmm. So your shift to more sport climbing has been fairly recent. Yeah, the past couple of years. Do you, looking back, do you wish that you'd started the endurance stuff earlier? Oh, not necessarily. Okay. Because now I get to enjoy it now, right? Okay. I mean, for me, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, I'm going on these bouldering trips and I'm like, we're kind of just going to the same areas. And I looked at sport climbing and I was like, I think the big one was St. George. I would go to St. George to go to Moe's Valley. Mm-hmm. And then my eyes were just opened one day when somebody was like, oh, there's all this amazing limestone all around you. And it was like, I literally had something over my eyes, you know, and it's just like revealing like, oh, I, it's funny because my sport climbing friends, they, they drive basically right past bouldering areas <laughs> to go to sport climbing areas. And my bouldering friends drive right past amazing sport climbing areas <laughs> to go to bouldering areas. And we're uh, literally passing each other on the road, not knowing that there's this amazing, uh, you know, the opposite side of the fence is amazing. <laughs> and that's how I felt in St. George. I'm like, the bouldering compared to the sport sucks. Wow. It, yeah. It's yeah. like compared to the sport. This, I mean, I think Mose Valley is awesome. It's super fun. Yeah. But the sport is so much better, mm. so much better. It's really good. Yeah, you have like 20 crags and just like tons of roots and it's amazing limestone. And I'm like, why was I coming here and totally avoiding this? Mm. And the other, going back to what I was saying earlier is like talking about five-star lines. If you expand your horizon, you, there's way more five-star lines to do, mm-hmm. right? Say if I boulder, if I only boulder for the rest of my life in Washington or around here then you know you take off a lot of the good lines and i was like okay let's go to the b list lines and the c list lines and the d list lines <laughs> or you could just go to like sport climbing area bouldering area triad area but bounce around and you're just doing the best of everything hmm. and then you have even a bigger selection of amazing climbs 
Have you ventured into trad much yet? Well, I mean, I've done it here and there all okay. over the place. Yeah, for me, uh, it really just depends on the climb. Like I said, the Cobra crack. Right. You know, if you look at the Cobra crack, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't care what that is. Like, I'm going to climb it because mm-hmm. it's just amazing looking. And that's kind of what, what I want to think about it as. Like, as a whole, like, crack climbing is if we're talking about pain, like it's worse than Smith, you know, it depends on the size of the crack clearly. Right. But you know, like jamming your knuckles into like a, a very like splitter crack is not the funnest thing to do while you're doing it, but mm-hmm. it does have the reward afterwards of feeling good about it. So for me, it's just gotta be the climb is like pulling, you know, it's like mm. climb me and then uh, yeah, of course I'll, I'll do it regardless. Cool. Any other trad routes like that aside from Cobra that are pulling you? I don't know. There's a couple around Squamish that look pretty mega. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That thing that Ethan Pringle did Mm. in, uh, yeah, Northern California. I can't remember what he called it. That like black beard. Yeah. Yeah. That thing looks amazing. I'm blanking on the rest of the name. Even though that one seems like it's more like a a sport climb that's protected by trad, Uh which is even better. (laughs) Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 I guess for me, it's like the cracks that are appealing are the ones that are kind of mixed. You know, it's like, uh, Carbondale short bus or something like oh, that okay you know where you're protecting it with the crack and and it's fine to do crack climbing but it's fun when it's like a mix of a bunch of different things mm. you know i like variety mm-hmm. so i guess the ones that are just straight a crack for 100 feet and you're just doing the same move over and over again maybe don't appeal to me as much but they do look cool mm-hmm. they do have that going for them yeah say so like from russia with love you know how it's like a mix or what's the other one conception i think where you're doing a mix of like face holds crack face holds mm-hmm. crack and you're kind of those are the coolest ones i think cool i want to get more into this fun suffering spectrum thing we talked about this at the crag the other day because i was asking you about your your training and uh you said something interesting i think you were talking about how you know you might not be doing as much as you could be to reach your potential but you're doing as much as you're willing to do yeah can you speak to that yeah, well, people always ask me all the time, like, how do I get good like you? Like, they'll come up to me and ask me, like, oh, I want to climb as hard as you. And I say, no, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, it's like saying someone that's overweight that wants to be skinny, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they want it, but they know what it takes, right? Mm. There's not some magical cure that's just going to be like, oh, tomorrow you're a 514 climber. Like, it's work. And it's just like little increments of progress. Okay, for the next five years, you're going to have to do all this work to get to this stage. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen anybody yet that skipped all that. (laughs) You know? Interesting. And so we're all at levels. So everybody says that, like, oh, I want this. but And then when you get to the nitty gritty, it's like, oh, this is what it takes to get. Like, "Eh, maybe I don't. You Mm -hmm. know? (laughs) Yeah, what's the... the shortcut what's the faster yeah way? what's the fast what's the easiest way what surgery can i get you uh, know <laughs> yeah interesting yeah that's the real problem right there is there's a conceptual problem about the goal and what it means to get the goal mm. because like i said everybody knows what it takes but yeah they think that you have some insight like you have this insider trading knowledge <laughs> that you're gonna be like oh yeah shoot you know put roids in your butt <laughs> <laughs> but we all know that right you know <laughs> And we it, already know all the shortcuts. It's it's common knowledge. Uh-huh. Are you willing to do it? It sounds like it moves a little bit too when you're fixated on like a really hard thing. You're willing to go a little bit further up that suffering spectrum. Yeah. For me, it's a climbs. Climbs. So I think when you're young, when you're coming of age, you you have more of a 
competitive aspect. You, okay. know, you have more of an ego. You can see it in, in young people. They have this. I think it's evolutionarily speaking. You know, you're fighting for your position in the tribe. Right. And so, you know, they're fighting to be like, oh, I'm the best. I'm, I'm going to be the greatest. And you see that. And then that just slowly over time, you, yeah, as you get a little older, you're just like, eh, I don't really care to be perceived as the best or whether the group thinks I'm the best or any aspect like that. So I think when I was younger, yeah, of course, when I f first got into it, it was like, oh, I'm going to prove that I'm good, you know, and then slowly that faded and then it turned into like, oh, there's just cool climbs, you know, if I look around the world, there's just cool climbs. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Cobra Crack mm -hmm. or like Dreamcatcher or there's plenty of boulder problems out there that are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I thought to myself, like, well, I just want to be able to do that climb. Mm hmm. And so sometimes for me, like at my point right now is like, I see some of the 15s and 16s and I'm like, eh, you know, some of them are crap, you know, okay. <laughs> and some of them are amazing, uh -huh. you know? So if we had one that was close, then I, you know, close to here, that was amazing. I would do everything in my power to climb that amazing boulder or that mm. amazing route. But it kind of has... A diminishing returns i notice in sport climbing especially where you're just like okay i'm gonna link the bottom of this route and, and then traverse over and then link this route and then cut back to this route to cut back to that route and mm -hmm. then now it's five 14c or 14d or whatever and i'm like i i that doesn't drive me to want to get better mm -hmm. you know I, I want it to be inspiring and that's what i think about so i when i find a climb that i'm really inspired by then I'm like, okay, it's it's easier for me to like put my head down and do the work. Mm -hmm. I was surprised when we were talking about training. You know, you're kind of saying you don't really do any structured training in the gym. It's all climbing, but you do quite a bit of strength training. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's all opposition stuff. Yeah, it's all opposition. How do you think about that? Well, I just you know. Once you start getting tendonitis, you know, it just kind of forces your hand into it, right? Okay. Like, you don't have any say in the matter. Your body's just like, oh, I'm done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you start like searching all the stuff to be like, all right, this needs to go away. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so and you then, do that at the end of the day after your strength days? Yeah. So a lot of people do it at the gym. For me, I like need a break. Okay. So what I do is I'll climb at the gym and then I'll come home and I'll eat dinner. And then I do it just like a, like a half hour window before I go to sleep, like a couple hours before I go to sleep. Okay. So I'll come home and do like, you know, bench presses or, or, you know, I think they're called military presses. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll go through and do a lot of those. I'll do a lot of wrist, like reverse wrist curls. Basically every antagonist I do T, T's, Y's and I's mm. and that type of stuff. So I just go through and do every opposition muscle that I can think of. And I just have them on a routine where it's just like, doo, 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 just okay. go through and do them all. The whole set every time? No. Okay. I mean, I, I, I split it up. Okay. It's like some days I'll be like, oh, I'm wrecked. I'll do this set of them. Oh, the next day, oh, well, now I'll do this set of them. And I do abs too. Okay. But that's, I'd say, like once every two weeks. I'll okay. do like a heavy, like I found front levers seem to be the most effective for me personally. Okay. That once was every two planks, weeks. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I'll go through and do like a ton of front levers and like one-legged front levers and try to get used to that. I read a study that showed that um, holding positions like front levers or planks had a way stronger effect on strengthening your core than motion ones did. Okay. 
So like sit-ups and stuff are less effective than doing a plank, hmm. like holding your core. And so, yeah, I kind of went through it. In the past, I used to do like a lot of, uh, in the roof when I first started, I would hold onto a jug and then just do leg lifts to hit feet. Because hmm. I noticed what, you know, when you first start climbing, it's really hard in a roof to get your foot up. Yeah. You like look at that foot and you're like, that's a mile away. I'm never, <laughs> I'm never getting there. It's never yeah. happening. Yeah. And so at the beginning, I would like just find a jug in a roof and I would just pick a foot and just be like, okay, left foot, right foot, left foot, and then cross body. I would do a bunch of variations of that hmm. to get my abs. But now I don't have that problem. So I kind of moved up to front levers and just holding front levers. And that seems to be the ticket now. Okay. Yeah, the core is definitely underrated with climbers. And you can see it in a climber. And this is going back to style, right? As if I walk into the gym and I see somebody climb, I could watch them climb for 20 seconds. Just based off their style, I can generally tell how good they are. Hmm. You know, you watch somebody dyno for a jug or some, or dyno for a hold, and they're not quite as elite, you would say. They're just going to swing out dramatically and come off. Hmm. You watch a really good climber, they have this like, almost like they don't move, right? They'll jump to a hold, then just go... Just like stop, <laughs> like they won't swing at all mm-hmm. because their core is just like that tight for that move. Hmm. And I feel like that is a really important aspect of hard climbing is like not swinging or motioning, to, having too much motion when you're doing a really hard move. Hmm. How do you train the front levers? Is it like, do you do rounds of however long you can hold an isometric or how do you? Uh, usually I'll that? do like one legged ones. So, you know, bend one leg uh-huh. and have one leg straight. So I'll start with like 10 seconds on each side and that's one. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go in and do 10 seconds starting with the other side. And then I'll go down. I'll, next round is nine seconds. And then I'll go you know, eight seconds and I'll go all the way down to maybe like five seconds. Because once you go below that, it's too short anyways. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I'm feeling good, I'll do both legs mm-hmm. and then kind of do the same thing where I'll start out with 10 seconds and then work my way down. And sometimes I've noticed that if you go too hard with front levers, your back, because a lot of your core is like in your back muscles. Mm-hmm. So my back muscles will kind of hurt. So I'll, I'll lower it and do like planks and side planks and I'll like all those to substitute in when I'm like, okay, this is, this is too much. This is too hard. Okay. Is there a way that you make planks harder or do you I just mean, do yeah, them body weight? I, I usually just do them them regular because okay. at that point like i said uh, the front levers for me are enough like i'm like i don't need this does not need to be harder you know okay. it's already hard enough to hold like a solid front lever for more than 10 seconds uh-huh. so for me it's just like duration and by the time i'm going to planks it's kind of like this is the wind down this is okay. just to like wreck it got you okay so you start at the hard and just kind of work your way all the way down yeah through all the until i'm like oh like my core is wrecked <laughs> okay i keep hearing from people that are trainers like our friends are trainers and they're like don't get to the point where you're wrecked but a part of me is like but i like it <laughs> <laughs> i like the feeling of being wrecked you that know i like the you... sleep you know it's, okay uh, you know it's, it feels really nice when you just come home and you're just like Ugh. you just like slam on the couch and you're just like ah <laughs> i like that feeling a lot of just being so wrecked that you're, you're just like passing out sitting up because you're so tired yeah I, I just like that feeling a lot okay have you tried the opposite like with front levers for instance have you tried like way lower volume a more consistent dose like every other day doing like one rep or anything like that I mean, in the past, I have uh, not maybe had such gaps between them. Okay. But I think quarantine has made me lazy. But gotcha. I, like normally, I'd say it's guaranteed to be once a week. Okay. Yeah. But 
usually in the past, like when I'm at the gym and I'm coming home and doing it, then I'm a little more consistent with it. But because of quarantine, I've gone down to like once every two weeks just from being lazy. Mm -hmm. It's hard because I need the gym to feel like I'm performing Mm. at my highest. And if I don't feel like I'm performing at my highest and you don't have that goal Mm. and you don't feel good about it, then then everything else just kind of falls by the wayside. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. There's like this momentum or inertia yeah and then and then you start to rationalize it in your head you're just like eh, whatever everything else is going to crap <laughs> might as well just embrace it for the moment right <laughs> but like i said i'm getting to the point where i'm like i'm done like i'm getting stir crazy mm. for me outside climbing just isn't doing it for me especially now that it's getting hot too right because the heat really just makes it you know it's not fun to climb outdoors every day and then just get progressively worse on your project mm-hmm during the summer, I would rather just go in the gym, get really good, and then focus on the fall. Okay. What have you done the last couple of summers? Have you mixed in any climbing days during the... the oh, I always day? do. You always, always do? on the weekends. Okay. Like, I always do. It, it keeps you sane, right? You okay. can't just gym climb. Or else... Yeah, it's funny to think back, back, say, like a year ago or something. I remember when people would post like gym stuff. I'm like, oh, you're clogging up my feed. Like, this is like really gym stuff. And then now I watch a gym thing and I'm like, oh, I miss it. (laughs) 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 Like, oh, just to be able to like, you know, the style too. You know, Uh the style is more crazy, like World Cup style. It's like, man, I miss doing those moves. Yeah, I miss doing the kick this, shoot to that, fly to this. Like, Hmm. you can only lock off between crimps so long before you're like, (laughs) I need some variety. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like more often than not, it's like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the gym and then weekends outside. Yep. Okay. And more or less year round. Almost always I take Friday off. Some days it'll be literally six days in a row on. Like I'll I'll literally go from Saturday until Friday Mm -hmm. and I'll take Friday off. But I always take Friday off because I want to be good for the weekend. The weekend is where it matters, right? Right. That's where I'm trying to perform. So I always take Friday off. Okay. Cool. One thing came up, we were at the crag the other day and I learned something about you that I didn't know. I've seen you a number of times over the years at the cliff and I learned that you are 12 years sober. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. That's awesome. Probably even longer to be honest. Okay. It's, it might be, yeah, it might be a little longer than that. Let's think. Yeah. I think it's 14 years. Okay. Yeah. It's just, uh, I still go to rehab to this day. I still see a counselor. You do? Yeah, I do. Okay. And so just with this particular counselor, they gave me the 12-year chip, but it was already like two years before that, I think. Got you. Yeah. When did climbing come into the picture? Honestly, right when I was quitting all drugs. That's really interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask about it. It was actually right before, though. So uh, I grew up in Salt Lake City, and I actually discovered climbing by... uh, I would go around Little Cottonwood Canyon and I would try to f- get up to the, the craziest spot I could imagine on the cliffs. And then I would smoke weed uh-huh. and then just have fun, like trying to find a way down. Okay. <laughs> like, this is what I do. This is what I do for fun. I still do this sober. Like uh-huh. I, I love, I love just searching. It's just super fun for me. And so, yeah. And I remember seeing boulders and thinking, I don't need to know what I'm doing to do that. Hmm. You know, because I always envisioned rock climbing before that as like 
here's rope climbers. You need to have a mentor. You need to learn how to belay. You need to do all these things. Mm. And I remember seeing bouldering in Little Cottonwood and I was watching the boulders and I'm like, I can just wing that. Okay. Got you. And so my pot dealer at the time was a professional rock climber. Okay. And I had no clue. <laughs> I literally was just buying large amounts of pot on this guy. And then it turns out he's a professional rock climber. He like pulls us in. Uh, he, he gave me dosage and rampage. No way. Yeah. He gave me those two and sold me my first crash pad uh-huh. for cheap. And uh, He gave you a deal? Yeah. And, and I remember I was walking around, uh, like I, I got a guidebook and after watching the movies, I was like, whoa, this is like all like eye opening. Like I, I didn't even knew this world existed, mm-hmm. you know? So I got like a guidebook and it was just me and like my friends would just wander around little cottonwood, you know, finding the, the tiniest low balls you could possibly imagine, you know, because at first you're just like attracted to the like five foot high V zero because there's no fear factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my start to rock climbing. It's <laughs> really interesting. But uh, so I grew up in Salt Lake City, and at that time, that was the wave of Oxycontin. Okay. And that was the thing that got every one of my friends, like wow. everybody I knew. Wow. But I come from a skateboarding background, and like drugs and skateboarding are way more synonymous than, right. than rock climbing and skateboarding. Like rock climbers tend to be like potheads or they drink here or there. But skateboarding definitely has like a whole world of drugs. Mm hmm. So, you know, at that time, it, basically everybody I knew was slowly getting hooked on pain pills. And then it was, you know, like finding old people or finding dirty doctors and, and getting prescriptions for for Oxycontin. And then, you know, slowly every friend that I knew just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And I just got worse and worse and worse. Hmm. And then it got to the point where I was just like, uh, like I started climbing honestly in the middle of all that. Like I was a full blown addict by the time, like those first couple times going climbing. So even though I said my pot dealer was uh, a weed dealer, honestly, like I was just selling weed to make money. That okay. wasn't like my ends, but and all be all. Uh-huh. I just smoked it like uh, this is whatever. Uh-huh. It's interesting that climbing came in right at that transitional period. Because, you know, from my perspective, looking at your climbing over all the years, you're such a prolific climber. Like, if you look at your bouldering tick list, it's ridiculous. And I kind of have this thought with anyone who's as prolific as you are that there is almost like addict behavior at play. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I see it in other people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's super interesting. It has that, I mean, it seems like it's a really, like the healthiest way I can possibly imagine to fill that whole or or i don't know to express that behavior or whatever it is to express that part of your personality it's it's an obsessive compulsive so people addicts for the most part and climbers that are really good have kind of an obsessive nature to them yeah right we we take something and we do it and then we do it full-fledged there is no like we're not going half-ass on (laughs) nothing Mm mm-hmm and so when I became, you know, when I, once pills kind of took over my life, it was like, all right, like my life revolved around it. That's all I thought about. That's all I dealt with. That's all, you know, all I did was sell them to get more of them to do all this. That was just my life. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, when you come off of it and what happened is my mother moved up to Seattle and uh, I lived in Salt Lake and basically all my friends started dying. Wow. It was like in the course of like two months my uh my best friend's girlfriend died of a drug overdose and uh they took her body and ditched it in the mountains 
And what happened is they found her car and thought it was a murder. So it was all over the news, like they're looking for her and my best friend's going nuts. And then they find her body and it turns out she OD'd and her best friend basically took her body to the mountains and ditched it. And then it was like a domino effect after that where it was like people were just dying left and right. And then uh, it all ended with my dad dying of a drug overdose. And when that happened, it was just like, Oh, I like just off the rocker, just like doing anything, just doing everything to not think, not feel. Yeah. And so my mother lived up here and she was like, come up here, we'll go to rehab. And I remember when I first moved here, I was like, you know, climbing had just entered my life and it was kind of important to me at that moment. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm leaving the Mecca that is Utah, mm-hmm. to come to Washington. What the crap, you know? <laughs> you know, it's just like, all I could read about was like Alpine stuff here. And so I, I remember the first time I found about climbing up here, I, uh, I was looking through a climbing magazine and there was an obituary for Damon Potts. He was the guy who originally wrote the cheesy guide to pleasing rock which okay. was Leavenworth's first guidebook. Okay. And through that obituary, I was reading his obituary and it said he wrote the guidebook for Leavenworth, Washington. And just those two little <laughs> letters being W-A, I was like, Washington, there's bouldering here? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And so literally the next weekend out in Leavenworth with that little guidebook running around. Wow. And that first season, I remember the only people I would ever see in Leavenworth were Kelly, Kyle, and Cole. Mm-hmm. Those, I would bump into them everywhere. Kelly but other, Sheridan. Kelly Sheridan. Kyle O'Meara. Kyle O'Meara. Cole. Cole Allen. Cole Allen. That's it. Yeah. Just those three people. Uh-huh. And so I'd bump into them over and over again. The whole, other than that, there were rope climbers out there. Uh-huh. But I never saw other boulders ever. Huh. And oh, yeah, changed. and I just <laughs> ran around, yeah, just climbing and trying to feel like what you're saying. It's like, for those first couple of years, you know, you, you don't really have uh I guess the strongest like will you're kind of like torn between the two worlds. You're like, Oh, I want to be sober, but Oh, the, the pull of being addiction is bad. So mm. you, you kind of bounce back and forth. Like I would go to Utah and kind of binge for a while and then come here and get clean and then go there and binge for a while and then come back and get clean. Mm. You know, clearly cause I hadn't dealt with all my friends dying or my dad dying. You know, I hadn't dealt with that. I was just like, I'm tuning out. Mm-hmm. And the worst aspect of that was my dad had insurance money. So, like, I, I'm just, like, barely out of addiction, and then I just get this, like, fat check of money. Oh, man. And so I'm just like, yeah. ooh, I'm going to Utah. Yeah. 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 And I would literally go to Utah and just buy just an insane amount of drugs, post up in a hotel, and just be, like, just popping, just doing all types of shit. It's funny to think now how different my life is, hmm. because... Back when I was in drugs, it was everything was excess. You know, the path of excess is the, is the road of you know, yeah, the road to wisdom is the path of excess. And so it was just you know, fast cars, you know, women like awesome apartment, you know, clubbing every night, doing drugs. It was like the polar opposite of the person that I am now. Wow. And it was just all that excess came just crashing down, right? Hmm. Yeah, and so for the first little while, I'd bounce back and forth and, like, couldn't really, like, keep it together. And then finally, like, came here, like, focused, and I would just climb. That's it. Like, I would basically go to rehab, 
and then go climbing for like five hours. And that was just like what filled my day. Hmm. And then skateboard also. And then slowly you just kind of inchworm your way out of it where, you know, you, you don't, you think about it less and less and less and less and less. And now I like hardly ever think about it. Hmm. But, you know, it took all that time of like, you know, you got to process all these things and deal with all these things that you basically have been avoiding your whole life. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. No problemo. <laughs> I'm curious with climbing, how that obsessive behavior that still expresses in your tick list. <laughs> yeah. Is that just a positive thing? I imagine there must be kind of a dark side to it's, that it's too. It's more like, uh, it's just a feature. Okay. I'd say it's a feature, not a bug where uh -huh. you can't, I can't change that aspect of myself. Like yeah. I am rigged that way. Okay. And I see it, like I said, in other good climbers. Mm -hmm. Totally. I mean, an easy one to tell with other good climbers is you notice you never really have to tell them beta. <laughs> so watch if I'm climbing with somebody that's say maybe not so good, I could uh, have to spray them down details of something I just did while well, climb with somebody that's good. I can come off the boulder and not have to say anything. And they'll say, oh, I noticed you uh, moved your foot like a, a centimeter to the left. Or I noticed your heel was slightly down versus up mm -hmm. when you did that move. They're just obsessed about all these little tiny details, which in turn add up to better climbing. Hmm. And I've just decided that this is who I am. Might as well channel it. And like a good thing, it's like, I guess climbing could get to a point where it's like bad, potentially, for sure. Like anything to excess can be bad. But I mean, it was way better to pour myself into that than drugs, right? <laughs> so, and so, yeah, I think a lot of other people that are really good at climbing, they have that bug. Hmm. Cool. That's a cool <laughs> way to think about it. Yeah. You want to tell me about Imagine? Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my very first experience bolting. Awesome. I, uh, I guess if we were to go back a little bit, like I love exploring. That is like an aspect of climbing that I think is underrated. Okay. Most people like to just consume climbs. Mm -hmm. For me, honestly, I like to just have an adventure. So when I'm by myself, a lot of the time I will just literally spend hours just searching and searching for climbs because I just like to get in crazy places and, hmm. just, and just find. For me, it's like a treasure hunt. Mm -hmm. I'm just running around like looking. And, and then when I find like a climb or a boulder that I do, it, it's like, oh, you found the treasure. And for me, that's almost as gratifying as climbing it. Wow. Cool. I feel I get just as big of a high off of finding an amazing project where you're just like, oh, like Kingslayer. When you find it, you're just like, oh, okay, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't find that one. Okay. But that's just an example. Right. I was going to uh, mention that too. So you yeah. first ascended Kingslayer V13. Yeah. And Imagine but, was like 50 feet away from that. Yeah, that's that's a good example. Yeah, it's yeah. like I have found climbs that were on boulders with other climbs. Uh -huh. Like literally people just hadn't put two and two together <laughs> which to me i don't know i guess I, I think outside the box like i i can't i you can't just look at the guidebook and be like oh there's the climb oh that's not in the guidebook it must not be a climb mm -hmm. you know and so yeah when i did kingslayer i'd always stare at that route and be like okay clearly there's holds on that thing you know but i didn't have a uh, a drill so i went to rudy this is imagine yeah okay. back to imagine yeah 
you know, I found that route and I found a bunch of boulders on top too. There's boulders kind of all in that zone that people have kind of ignored. Okay. But yeah, that route just speaks because the location, you mm-hmm. know, it's just like Dreamcatcher esque rails yeah. over a waterfall so this to is a ret. Set the setting a little bit. So this is basically a giant boulder, a route on, but on a giant boulder. Yeah, it's on like a fifty foot boulder that's really steep. It's probably mm-hmm. like a forty five, maybe a little under a forty five. And is the zone called Morpheus? Yeah, Morpheus is the area that okay. it's at. So yeah, to walk back in there, you have to kind of walk back and walk up this wash that in turn becomes the waterfall, which the giant like 50 foot boulder is right next to the waterfall. Okay. Now there's these beautiful Dreamcatcher-esque rails that lead you across this beautiful wall to the arete. Mm-hmm. And then the arete, there's a mixture of holds on the face that gets you to the top. Mm. And I, I remember I wrapped down it and just being like, you know, kind of looking at it, being like, oh, yeah, maybe they could go, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, because before I wanted to commit to drilling it or trying to find a drill, I was like, okay, let's see if it actually goes. Sure. And uh, it, I was like, yeah, it probably goes. And so I went over to Rudy's house and he was like, oh, you could borrow our drill. Ruana. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he was like, okay, well, let's go in the backyard just showed me how to drill it on a rock in their backyard, like drill it, put the bolt in. It was like, all right, class is dismissed. <laughs> so, so yeah, have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, whatever. I kind of like being shoved into the deep end. It's fun to just kind of figure it out. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So, I mean, he taught me the, the stuff that like matters. Like, uh-huh. let's make sure this bolt's not going to pop out. You right, know? right. What ensued though, figuring out how to bolt the wall, that was the true challenge. Was it? Okay. Yeah, because the wall was so steep. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I wrapped off the tree on the top. But then you realize the wall is like 40 degrees steep and it's granite. There's no like features. Like you can't plug a crack uh, and then pull yourself in. Yeah, you can't even skyhook an edge. Yeah, there's nothing on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) So what I ended up doing was just being like dangling in space, just full front lever. Just like trying to, to push, I'm like barely to get the tip of the drill to the wall. I'm full front levered out, uh-huh. and I'm just like, Feet yeah, literally the, the wall yeah, out in space. Yeah, <laughs> just like pressing the drill, trying to get it like a centimeter in, and then be like, oh, <laughs> and then just like, I get it another centimeter in, and then it was kind of nice when the drill bit could just sit, so I didn't even have to hold it because his drill is heavy too. It's not like like a modern drill. It's like one of the old like super heavy ones Uh so it was so hard to hold and so like you know get that bolt in and then i'm like oh okay i can pull myself in you know blah 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 but then of course the next one by the time i get down because you know i wanted to do a good job of bolting it so i'm like okay here are the positions where you would probably bolt it Mm -hmm. which who knows if i did a good job in the end we'll see (laughs) (laughs) i can't judge my own work (laughs) but yeah i'd get down to that and i'd same thing just front lever like (laughs) and then i got like three bolts down and i was like ah maybe i'll try from the bottom you uh-huh. know? <laughs> uh-huh. And so I had a ladder and I like got up and be like, oh, I think it'll go here. Just a ladder. And then eventually I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to, f- you know, sit up on this bolt and reach as far as I can. Mm. And then just put the next bolt because this is way easier than trying to like place them kind of scattered mm-hmm. where they need to be. Uh, so I just ended up being like, but I bolted a clamp right next to it also. Yeah. So there's a mega project that goes up the middle of the boulder that, I don't even know if that thing goes yeah, yeah, <laughs> to be yeah. perfectly honest. Yeah, it sounds like it might have a V13 or harder. On yeah, and, uh, but that one's even steeper. Okay. So, <laughs> oh man, what ensued on that one was even more shenanigans. 
<laughs> it's funny because I took True up there, and True was taking pictures yeah. uh, of the thing, and uh, I like rigged it to the tree, and I was like, "Oh yeah, just walk off the end of that." And he was like, "Oh really?" And then he, I think he got nervous, and uh, he ended up kind of falling because you're kind of walking like the edge of an arete okay. to get out to the point, mm-hmm. and he uh, kind of slipped and just kind of like rode down it because there were no directionals yeah. to like keep you from doing that. Oh, man. And he's like, oh man, that's way too scary. Came around like, I'm done. I'm not doing that thing. And I went up there just thinking, I was like, oh man, if you saw what I've been doing, <laughs> this is a walk in the park. <laughs> so I just kind of like went down and rigged it for him. And then he jumarred up to okay. get in their position. But I was just like, oh man, uh, if you think that's dangerous, you should have seen what I was doing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So imagine you ended up doing the first ascent. Was this back in the fall? When was no, this? No, this was only a couple months ago. Oh, a couple months this ago. This was in the spring. Okay. Got you. Ends yeah. up being 14 minus. I mean, let's keep this a secret between our, our listeners and us, <laughs> but it was during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You I, th- I thought you to myself, it. I was like, you know, I'm not just going to sit in the house for freaking months on end yeah. not doing anything. I was like, I'll go to Morpheus. Nobody's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like out in the middle of nowhere. This climb sits all by itself. Mm-hmm. I was like, now's the time to do this because it's so secluded, right? And so I, I kind of went back and did the work. Like cleaning it was still just like a pain when I first did it because even though that rock is like some of the best rock in the world, mm-hmm. when you first find it, it kind of has like this kind of kitty litter on the outside sure where you you kind of have to what i say mow the lawn you okay yeah just literally just mow the lawn to get all that crap off uh-huh. so it was so time consuming and then the middle route too i did them both probably took me like five days to do both routes to clean them to clean them and bolt them okay man but yeah like i tried the arete one and i was like okay this one's more doable and for people that can't climb 514 there's a direct start to it okay that's probably like uh 13b or c rad because uh the 514 i did is probably like a three bolt i'd say v11 mm. into like a decent rest where uh, it's a pretty good rest actually you can like perch on the arete okay. and get most of it back then you do some like maybe it's say like v5 climbing or v6 climbing up to like a v8 or v9 boulder mm-hmm. but the direct start you cut out the v11 and you do like a maybe like a v6 so it's not nearly as hard, but the problem is, is the waterfall blocks it. Mm. So you can only do it in like the fall. Oh, okay. Or I guess in the middle of the summer, if you, you. don't care about conditions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you don't care about climbing on wet waterfall rock Yeah. in hot weather? No, it's not that it gets wet. It doesn't actually get any spray. It's okay. the landing, like where you start. Oh, okay. You're standing in the water Got to it. start the route. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, like I, I tried the other route too, but man. The project. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably like v10 boulder problem to v11 boulder problem to v12 boulder problem with no rest like literally like you get one-handed holds that you can clip but you can't even really shake because it's like this like quick you're like bam clip really and then then catch yourself type thing oh my gosh and then the middle section oh man it is it's freaking hard Hmm. i don't know i'm gonna have to go back and rethink that one (laughs) yeah like how to do it yeah so hopefully that one goes <laughs> rad so the uh the direct start the 13b or whatever that's already equipped and ready to go yeah i, I put the bolt in for that one awesome yeah i'm gonna go check that out yeah it's super cool <laughs> where did the name imagine come from oh i just thought you know i was thinking like the john lennon imagine mm. i thought that was like a good twist to all this but uh you know it's just such a picturesque route mm. you know like what more could you ask for mm. you know pristine granite i think 
even though Washington, the weather sucks here, you know, as in terms of like it rains and then it's either humid or hot. Man, the rock is amazing here. Mm -hmm. Like the, yeah. the granite here is some of the best you'll ever touch. Mm -hmm. So that route, the rock is amazing. The setting is amazing. Mm. The, what's cool about it too is there's the where Kingslayer sits. You're standing on top of the boulders, and it's like this basically giant platform that you can watch people climb the route. Oh, cool! It's super cool, and the movement's great. Like everything about it, everything you'd want in a route. Awesome. Maybe if it was like 40 feet taller, that'd be even cooler. You know, that's the only thing I would take away from it is it's only like maybe 45 feet, maybe 50 feet. Mm, okay. So I guess that's the only thing you could take away from it, but who cares, man? It's, yeah. It's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> you have a video of it, right? Yeah. I have Just a video on Instagram. On Instagram. Of, okay. Yeah. I'll link to it in the show notes for people too. I got to watch it and it looks amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to see the shots that True got. Oh, cool. Because he got some beautiful shots. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see him. Is that your, is that like a most meaningful FA? Actually, no. What are some of the favorites? I would say my favorite FA is uh, Inception in uh, Little Cottonwood Canyon. Okay. So my the very first boulder I ever went to in my whole entire life, like I said, Little Cottonwood is where it all started. Yeah. And uh, I went to, it's called the Snowbird Boulder. And it, my first day of climbing, I did a V4. That's on that boulder. Okay. That's and, pretty good. Uh, yeah. First day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we went up to, the, there, there's a higher area that we went to that I climbed another V4 to at. But the snowbird boulder, it had this project on it. And even back then, like brand new to climbing, first day rock climbing ever. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at this project and being like, it comes out of this like little cave and it had holes. And I was like. Oh, this thing goes, you know, maybe the, the naive, like, you yeah. know, where you're just like, oh, there's a credit card crimp on a 70. Oh, there's a holds. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember just thinking to myself like, oh, that thing definitely goes. I'm going to get good and come back and do that thing. Wow. And then, you know, fast forward, I think it was like 2012. I was on that long road trip. I was talking about the four month road trip. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think it was the one before that. It was a shorter road trip. But yeah, I was hanging out with the locals and we were trying Euro trash other 12 up there. And they're like, oh, let's go try this project. And, and when we went over there, I was like, this is that rock climb, you know? Yeah. And then we tried it. And that night I cracked it. Like I figured out the beta. Wow. And uh, I kind of felt bad because the guy Jay that was trying it, I didn't want to like snake him because mm -hmm. he kind of showed it to me, even though I already knew it exist. So I was like, oh, I'll wait for you to come try it. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm uh, going on a trip. Go ahead and you can try it. Mm. And then the next day I went back and just like did it. And I just remember being like, man, it felt so good to come full circle, you know? Wow. To just be like looking at a climb from the very beginning and being like, wow, like uh, seeing it, thinking about that it would go and all those envisioning it. And then coming back years later when I was good and being able to like execute it. Yeah. And that just, I think that was probably my favorite first ascent. That's awesome. Especially in a historic area like Little Cottonwood, because if you climb in Little Cottonwood, it's, you know, it's right next to the city. People have been climbing there since like the early nineties. Like first ascents don't go up very often there. Mm. Like we're talking like a couple a year mm -hmm. because people are like scratching, like they're sure. looking. And to have it be a roadside boulder, you know, it's like a V11 and like my first boulder I ever climbed on, all those factors playing into it, it was just like really cool. And where it all started for me, right? Like climbing all started there. That's awesome. What was the time frame? How long did it, when was that first trip there when you climbed the V4? Oh man, that must have been like at least like 
five or six years before. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd say it's around there, maybe five, six years. So it was really cool to come full circle like that. Maybe even less, actually, now I'm thinking about it. That's amazing. Great progression. Yeah, actually, at the beginning, my progression was like through the roof because Mm. I think the obsessive, because I took that addictive nature that we're talking about and I kind of just ran with it and was just like, okay, I'm going to be that. Uh, Climbing is my thing and I'm going to obsess about it. So with, I think my second, by the end of my second year of climbing, I had climbed V11. Wow. But once I hit that, it was a plateaued. Okay. You know, it's like most people, you just splurge and then plateau. <laughs> because the truth was, is, you know, I went through the grades and picked things that perfectly suited me. Got it. You know, so, I mean, climbing is subjective in that manner where you could say, oh, I climbed V15, you know, but for me, it's more about like filling it out, mm. you know? Everybody can have that one climb that's a freak climb, right? We all know that. You know, you have that one climb where you're just like, oh, that felt pissed. But for everybody else, it was super hard. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing back then. I was like, yeah, I climbed some 10s and 11s in my second year. But then when it came down time to like fill in the grades, it took way longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it took a long time to yeah. fill in and be able to have like a repertoire where you're just like, oh, he- here I am. You know, here's all of my climbs. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've really proud what, tried to pride myself in doing that where I'm just like, I'm not just going to try to find low ball roofs or just high balls or just slabs. Like I'm trying to be like, if it's beautiful, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like I just put up a beautiful slab in Leavenworth the other day, which is like, oh. and then for me, like high balls maybe don't speak to me in the way some people are just like, just, you know, it's high. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just like, it's, it's either a good line or it isn't. Okay. So just because it's high doesn't make it a good line. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the egg in Squamish is amazing, hmm. and that thing is tiny. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of examples of little boulders that yeah. have amazing boulders on them. Yeah, you can grab the finish holds from the ground on that one. Yeah, exactly. Comfortably. It's interesting. When I think about you, I really think about Washington bouldering. I don't know if I can think of anybody who has climbed out Washington boulders the way that you have. I don't know if there's anybody who's done more of them. Probably not. Do you have any favorite boulder problems in Washington, either that you've put up or or favorites that you've repeated that stand out? Yeah. I mean, that's a list, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can you you think of, like... I think Kingslayer is hands down the best boulder. Awesome. You know, it's it's hard to compete with that one. Okay. But, I mean, there's tons of great ones. Like, Like, I love Green Goblin or Beautification or Turbulence teacups really amazing Mm. some of the lesser known ones are like uh in uh north cascades okay where new halem like -hmm. the boulders out there there's a boulder i put up called moonlight that is just a perfect boulder problem wow and it's roadside literally you could just like toss a rock at it huh and just nobody climbs it is there information online about that one uh no so what happened is uh a long time ago kind of the national park and sport climbers kind of battled it out for climbing there. Mm. And so, uh, in their agreement, they basically kind of threw boulders under the bus. Okay. Just like, Oh, we won't boulder, but if you allow us to sport climb here. So for a long time, it was like, you can't boulder there. But then when I read into it, you actually can boulder there. It's just, you can't boulder in the river. There's private property. Okay. So there's a river there that has amazing boulders, like Brione, amazing boulders. Wow. But it's under a dam ran by the light company, and they randomly open the, the dam. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you can't go in the river. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
but like the other side there's a place called the spill it's this massive talus tons and tons of boulders they're amazing hmm. that is totally fair game and all the stuff in the trees is fair game okay they don't want you removing like large amounts of moss but the kicker is that a fire went through there okay. two years ago and removed everything <laughs> so it's kind of like Get them while they're clean <laughs> yeah cool and it's funny yeah they had uh miles he basically studies moss miles berkey okay and he did a, a study out there because they were claiming that there was like a type of moss on the boulder or on on the the roots that was endangered but he went through and showed that no there, hmm. there is there's only two like types of moss that are endangered and they're on alpine peaks or they're in water runways okay so like the streaks on the cliff but like the, the routes are never on those because they're constantly wet mm. But in the boulders, no, the, the moss there is, like, totally normal and would grow back. I mean, we've all had this. Like, I, I developed an area in North Bend, and I went back, like, three years later, and it was like, it looks like nobody has ever been here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it had just completely mossed back over. I was like, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> all that work thrown out the window. <laughs> what about uh, V15 potential? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Do you have any specific things in mind? You got some uh, You know, I don't... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say where there are beautiful projects that I've tried that I'm like, okay, this thing I think will go and it'll probably be V15. There's two, there's one in Leavenworth and there's one in Goldbar that I think I can do and they'll both be V15. But I don't know. I mean, there's lots, honestly, like I find climbs all the time where I'm just like, oh, this one's too hard Hmm. or it's just low on my list, Okay, you know, but oh, for sure. There's lots. Yeah, it's tricky because, yeah, most people don't want to put in the effort, you know, to find it. It's, it's kind of crazy to think, like you said, like, you know, I'm the one putting up all the boulders because there's a lot of climbers in Washington. There's not a lot of developers in Washington mm-hmm. in terms of bouldering. It's pretty much me and Drew Schick, hmm. you know, and then other people will contribute here or there. But if you look at the vast majority, I guess Cole, Cole still puts up good stuff. Okay. But yeah, the vast majority of people are just repeating stuff. So yeah, it's kind of tricky to be like, you know, two people like going out finding all these stuff. And then, uh, you know, it's a mixture of having to find it, like having it perfectly be that balance that we're talking about. It's doable, but not too hard, but it's also beautiful and you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And all those, all those factors have to play in to be like, okay, I want to do this rock climb. Right. And then the freaking weather here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the weather here really is challenging. it is a trick. It's always either humid. It's it's cold and you're like, Oh, okay, it's good, but then it's super humid. Mm. And then it's if it's dry, it's usually too hot. Mm-hmm. What are your ideal conditions for West Side granite? Oh, like forties. It depends on the area. Okay. Yeah, like gold bar, the dead of winter. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like I put up a boulder called uh the holy hand grenade. Okay. That thing literally faces the sun. But this is another good example. It's like you say, are there V15s? This is on a boulder in the main area, and the backside of the boulder has Aries and these other climbs that people climb daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just walk around the backside. And even in the book, it says V13 project. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's always in the sun. Okay. So, the, yeah, the tricky part is it's this beautiful roof, and it had a really tricky lip encounter that took me a while to crack. That one was a complex uh, one to crack. Hmm. People after the fact like to be like, oh, yeah, this this isn't very hard. And I'm like, that's because 
you watched how I did it and then mimicked it. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. If, if it was easy, you would have done it, uh-huh. right? We don't give enough credit to the, the cracking of it is a big part of the picture. Sure. Yeah. It's easy to walk through footsteps that were already created. Right. And maybe even make subtle iterations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why grading in first ascents is also tricky. I imagine. Oh because all that time that you spend like trying to figure it out, you're just like spending hours and hours trying to figure it out. And then somebody just watches a video and then comes <laughs> out and just mimics your every movement. And then it's like, oh, that was so hard. You're like, well, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think in general things get downgraded more than they get upgraded mm-hmm. is because beta, better beta. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm curious with all the bouldering that you've done and all the different bouldering areas that you've climbed at, all the different boulders you've climbed with, what is something that you see most boulders doing wrong? And this could be, I want to tackle two different questions. Let's start with uh, indoor indoor tactics or training when they're trying to get a good session. And then I'd love to explore outdoor when people are projecting. Indoor, I would say they don't have the Alex Megos model. They don't have the Alex Megos where model. they, they blame everything but themselves. Interesting. That is the most common thing that I would see. That's like, what does Alex Megos say? It's not about the conditions, not about this. You just try harder, get mm. stronger. Mm-hmm. People need to take that to heart even though take it with a grain of salt because clearly conditions matter he's mm-hmm. not out there doing the dura in 80 degree weather right yeah right. <laughs> so but it's a good it's a good base right it's a good default mode mm. to have probably especially in the gym yeah especially in the gym but i see people just being like oh i'm too short for this rock climb oh i'm too tall it's too bunchy or oh that move you know that doesn't suit me mm. oh well, that'd be nice if i could lock that off i don't want to dyno you know <laughs> <laughs> Just resorting to excuses instead of just saying, I just need to get better. Hmm. Like your default mode should be, I need to get better for everything. And so I'd say mental. Mental is the one thing that people are lacking the most of. Hmm. People avoiding their weaknesses, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't crimp. So they'll just like pinch stuff all day long. Mm-hmm. That's fine if you don't care about getting better. Mm. Like if people are just like, I just want to enjoy rock climbing. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, honestly, who I don't care at all. But when you start saying, oh, I want to get better, then you're like, okay, now we're, now we're having a different talk. Mm-hmm. You know, now you need to start focusing on everything you suck at mm-hmm. and quit blaming the setters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just uh, suck it up and try harder. Cool. What about for outdoors? What are some tactical things or, or what is something that you see that people could do better with projecting boulders? For me, it's, they, they don't put in the work. Okay. You know, people imagine, so say you watch a video of Jimmy Webb climbing this hard line, which you don't realize is behind the scenes. There were days and days and days of failure. Hmm. And so it might seem like, oh, you know, blankety blank did it this quick or blankety blank did this quick. But the truth is, is they're exaggerating, you know, Hmm. everybody's putting out a front that they're doing things quicker or better or faster than they really are. I also see people, they'll be like, well, I don't climb by myself. Why? Hmm. Like, why? Why not go out there and climb by yourself? Why not enjoy it? Why does your enjoyment rely on somebody else? I always think to myself, I'm going to have fun regardless. And if people want to enjoy me, like, get in on the fun, that's great. Hmm. 
and the more the merrier you know it's fun to be social but if everybody else is a drag i'm gonna have fun regardless okay yeah (laughs) and so people need to just have that drive to be like this is what i want to do and i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna put in the work to do it you know put your head down doesn't matter i mean there's there's gonna be tons of times where you're just like freaking out ah conditions for the 10th day you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) generally i don't like to push it that far i think the longest i've tried something is like seven days Okay. That was my hardest climbs are all right around like six, seven days. I kind of like the Adam Andra approach where it's like, if you're going that long, you might just need to get better. Mm. You know, you might need to walk away from it. Be like, I need to get a little better. I'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. Because when you're pushing that threshold, you're just going to get pissed. <laughs> What's the sweet spot for you for projecting? Uh, for me, if I can envision doing it and not like theoretical, you know, if I'm like, okay, I tried the moves. Okay, I can do this climb. That click, just like, I like, can do this climb. Like first session, you feel no, that not way necessarily. Or, okay. Like I could be close to a move and be like, mm, that move, you know, I can't do it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I can do it though. I just need more time. Okay. Then I'm like, it's on. I will do this climb. I guess as far as projects outdoors, what's maybe average or what's like your favorite length of time to kind of spend on something you know do you do you focus on climbs that take you one session three sessions and occasionally go as long as six or seven or is it all over the place or it's all over the place it's just motivation okay right like if you come around the corner we all know this right you like come around the corner and you had no expectations and you just look at a boulder you're like i don't care what that is i don't care what grade it is i'm doing that (laughs) you know that thing is amazing i might have came here because the book told me that this line over here is amazing but i just saw that climb and that's the climb i want to do and for me i'll do it regardless of the grade Hmm. you know if i come around the corner and it's a v3 i will i'll do it Mm -hmm. and but when it's hard i'm like well i'm gonna do it because it's amazing and, and then, like I said, if, if I start trying it, I'm like, okay, this thing is way too hard. Then I'll think to myself, okay, I need to get better. Mm-hmm. I need to get a little better and come back. But if I can envision, like, I will be able to do this, then I'll keep trying. It's when you crack the, like, oh, I'm not sure. If you start, like, doubting yourself, like, oh, I'm not sure, then it's like, oh, maybe you need to get a little better. But I think that depends on the person because I'm an optimistic person. Okay. So I think if you're a pessimistic person, you might need to push in the opposite direction. Interesting. Because, right? you know... For the most part, I have never seen a boulder problem where I thought to myself, I can't climb this if somebody's climbed it. Wow. Like never. (laughs) That's cool. If somebody can do it, I can do it. Wow. But I I will think to myself, oh, I need to get better Uh before I do that. Like singularity is a good one for me. Like the next step in this region is singularity in Squamish. Yeah. But I look at that climb and I'm like, that thing looks hard. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it looks hard for V15. I've uh-huh. seen other V15s that I know are easier. Like uh, Jimmy Webb, Daniel Woods, the who's who of rock climbers have tried it and not been able to do it. Hmm. It's seen one ascent in 10 years by mm-hmm. Nolly. And Nolly does V15s in like a session and it took him two weeks. Wow. So it's not just a V15. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I look at that climb and I go, I think I get, I know I can do it because it's possible. If any, if people can do it, I can do it. But I think to myself, oh, I might need to either a, like make it more accessible. I'd have to like live there where I could just like try it constantly. Mm. Or I need to get a little better so that when I travel there, I can do it with the time frame that I have. Mm. 
that's the tricky part is when you're pushing the absolute limit you want it to be by your house realistically nobody wants to be flying or driving forever right to put in 10 sessions on something Mm -hmm. so i mean all of those variables come into play Mm -hmm. like i'll try way harder on a climb that's close to my house for way longer than something that's out there sure let's uh let's start wrapping up here i'd be curious to ask what is something that you have been especially grateful for lately grateful for davida for sure that's awesome davida is everything to me to be honest hell yeah davida's your girlfriend in case people yeah she's my girlfriend yeah i mean she's taught me so many things her family is way more structured and loving and caring where mine is a little more cold and distant huh and so she's definitely taught me how to open up and and be caring and more empathetic (laughs) that's amazing yeah cool man nice yeah. What about something that you're feeling excited about right now? The gym. The gym. When <laughs> Honestly, is that... I have never wanted the gym so bad in my <laughs> life. I miss it so bad. When is that opening back up? Do you know yet? Oh, I have no clue. Oh, Every time they, they put something up there, they just push it back a little bit. It's supposed to be like mid-July, but then it's like, maybe, mm. you know, it just keeps getting pushed back, pushed back. And, you know, you can go to like somebody's Woody or something, but... It's just not the same. Not the same. No. Yeah. And also in Seattle, like we're spoiled. So normally like this time of year, I'm bouncing between every gym. Like mm-hmm. I'll go to SBP, I'll go to Momentum, I'll go to Vertical World to do rope climbing. Like I will just be consuming climbs just all across the board. Mm. And just, I miss that. Just being able to walk into a gym and just be like, consume, 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 consume. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. totally miss that. Yeah. And good conditions. I want those back. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to do in the meantime? It's getting hot. It's still uh, still no gym. Yeah, I guess. Uh, chip away at those outdoor projects. I mean, skateboarding. Side. I always got skateboarding. Nice. One of the things I really dislike about climbing, I love the variety, but I really hate that conditions matter so much. Mm. To be honest, like coming from skateboarding where it's like, it literally does not matter whether it's hot, cold, whatever. I mean, mm. slamming hurts more when it's cold. Okay. But realistically it doesn't matter you can as long as it's dry you can skateboard coming to climbing that is a variable i wish we didn't have Hmm. it's kind of frustrating sometimes where you know if it's really hot in the middle of summer you're just like throw your hands up like it's just not happening Mm -hmm. right you just cannot climb hard in 89 degree weather Mm -hmm. i don't care if you're alex megos like i said he's not climbing anything hard in that weather hard for him yeah exactly yeah I mean, I watched that video where he couldn't climb like a 14B in mm-hmm. hot weather and he was getting super frustrated. Yeah. The guy on site's 9A, you know, or 14D. Yeah. yeah. And then he can't do a 14B in hot weather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all are lowering the bar during the summer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we don't have, because I don't have to gym, a gym, yeah, you just have to keep grinding away at outdoor climbs. But I feel myself getting more and more frustrated because mm-hmm. like I said, you're trying to hit a moving target. It's just like moving away from you mm-hmm. and you're moving towards it. The fall is way more nice because uh, it's like you're coming together. You know, you're getting better at the root or the boulder and the conditions are getting better and you're meeting in the middle. Mm-hmm. And spring, you're just constantly chasing it. <laughs> it's just like this never ending chase. It's just running away. Yeah, from it's you. just running away from you. No, you're, you're close you, on my project. I know you feel so good, like going into it. You're just like, I've got this thing wired. Like yeah. I've got it. It's going down next session for sure. Yeah. And then the, the goalposts just get moved back a little bit and move back a little bit and move back. And, and so you're just like chasing this thing forever. <laughs> but I mean, what other choice do I have? Like it's either not climb. Yeah. 
or be frustrated at the crag. I'll take being frustrated at the crag over not climbing. Totally. Sport climbing for the summer or there is yeah, I mean, bouldering that's decent? No, I mean, I've given up on bouldering for the summer. Okay. I mean, that's actually the first reason why I started sport climbing. Because yeah. I was like, okay, basically fall through spring, I mostly boulder. Okay. Still. But this, yeah, still. Okay. But the second that it starts to get warm. And for me, warm with bouldering is like 60s. Mm-hmm. And so once you hit 60s, sport is perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, to be honest, like colder than that, sport sucks. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Unless it's like a south-facing wall or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you're numbing out. But, yeah, I hate sport climbing in cold weather. But, you know, you can go all the way up to maybe like 75, depending on the crag, where it's just, you could send super hard roots in that weather. Mm-hmm. But once you hit about 75, 80, then it's like, okay, now it's time to go to the gym. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely feeling that with those roots that we've been trying a little side. Oh my gosh, I know, me too. It's just getting so frustrating. Struggling. Had my best session like three sessions ago. I know, second <laughs> second try on that 514. I, that was my high point since then. It's gone up to 80s, and I've literally gotten progressively worse on the roof man <laughs> i know it's like moves that i used to lock off are now like dinos like full-fledged like uh. <laughs> just thrutching to holds and taking every ounce of energy yeah i guess you're getting better yeah hopefully that, it's that, good training that's the silver lining right it's like uh-huh. you're getting better yeah but we also want to do it <laughs> yeah i want to do it yeah hopefully it's good training and we'll get a fluke and we'll get a, a cold snap one of these weeks yeah Fingers that's crossed. that's the thing about washington too is the cold snaps right as we were talking about like it's raining and mm-hmm. you're like oh it's cold but it's humid <laughs> but you're like oh it's cold and then the next day the rain goes away and then it's 80s <laughs> so it's like bipolar weather all the time you're like jacket today walk outside nope no no jacket today <laughs> <laughs> totally uh where can people find you you're on Instagram. Um, you want my address? <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time finding it. So I, I don't know if that would even work. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is climb and skate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Facebook. Pff, I never go on there. You have a, like a Vimeo <laughs> or YouTube channel? Oh yeah, it is same thing. Okay, climb and skate. I, I think actually I might have been changed to just Ben Harrington. Okay. I'll yeah. find it. I'll link to them both in the show notes. Yeah, actually, I just of- I just posted a video, but. It's funny. I I don't know where to post anything anymore. <laughs> you know, you used to have Deadpoint magazine or like certain sites where everybody would go to like watch videos. Yeah. And You're right. Uh, now it's really scattered. Yeah, it's super scattered. Like where huh. do you go to watch quality footage? Like I have no clue. So I just put out a video of Squamish and it, I, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. It, it's basically, yeah, it's got the reckoning, room service, shelter the proposal yeah. i shot the sheriff I wanna watch and it. a block did i miss this yeah they're all in one video okay and i'm like this is basically like some of the best boulders and squamish of the hard ones it's going in the but, show notes yeah watch but, it, uh, but i'm like where do i put this yeah I, I honestly don't know where to put it where people can see it yeah interesting you're totally right yeah we just have to rely on people sharing it around and but that that relies on you kind of like like Instagram or Facebook kind of relies on people kind of whoring themselves out mm. in a way where you're, you have to be like constantly creating content to mm-hmm. get the followership to then get the views, which to me, that's like diminishing returns. Right. Like I'm not going to put in all this effort just so people watch my stuff mm-hmm. versus I just want to rock climb and enjoy it. And it's like, I like watching videos. So I don't mind making videos because I also like to consume videos that are quality. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to contribute to that. But at the same time, I'm not going to do the all like, look at me, look at me, look at me to then get the views. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 
Yeah. Cool. Well, if anyone out there is thinking about a DPM revamp, yeah, <laughs> we give the thumbs up. Well, I was thinking ben Reddit. Reddit, Reddit is kind of like that, but okay. oh, you know, but most people don't go to Reddit. Right. It does have that vibe where you know you can see all that stuff, but for the most part, I don't look at it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Final question. What's up? What's the latest skate trick you're working on? What are you projecting right now on the oh, skateboard? What was I trying yesterday? What was I trying? I was trying to get a line, which is these two ledges back to the back. It's a backside on 80 nose grind on the ledge to fakie. And then the <laughs> second trick was a fakie flip back 5-0 front 180. And I got it, but but the front 180 out of the switchback 5-0 was like a little tic-tac-y. Okay. Which is like style. Uh-huh. Like, uh you don't ride away smoothly. You kind of, uh, tic-tac is where you, your trucks kind of go back and forth really quick. Oh, okay. So you, to well, straighten out, almost. yeah, yeah. To and straighten out, you're like, tick, 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 tick. No, fishtail is actually okay. We, that, that's kosher. <laughs> it's if you, if you have to lift up. Okay. So if you lift up your wheels to straighten, that's called tic-tac-y because you'll kind of go tic-tac back and forth to straight it. It's kind of bad style. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to clean that up the other day. Nice. I just got a new board that's got a, a Rick and Morty graphic. Oh, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The grip tape is Pickle Rick. Everybody <laughs> at the skate park was like, oh, it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Actually, the other day I was at the skate park, I thought it was really neat. These kids came up to me and uh, they're basically telling me about how I influenced them over the years. No kidding. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was so weird to think about when I got home. Cause wow. I was like, you know, looking back, it's like, yeah, when I first started skateboarding or you first start climbing, you have that climber, you have that skater that sure. you look up to that's around here. Like for me, it was Dave Thompson. Mm. He was the guy that I looked up to for climbing around here. Mm-hmm. And, and you look up to him and you kind of seek their approval. But it was interesting to go to the skate park and have these kids that are like, oh man, yeah, but, but they're like telling all me all these things like, oh, I remember when you did this trick and you did that trick and you're just like blowing our minds, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's funny because I think about it from my point of view, like looking up to other people, but it's really weird when you're, when it's on the other, hmm. the shoes on the other foot, right? It's hmm. just like, really? You thought that was cool? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. And it's crazy to think the impact that you have on people, like, cause I've realized it with climbing too, where people come up and say the same thing to me climbing, but I'm like, oh man, like, I guess I just haven't thought about it like that, how much you influence people. Hmm. But yeah, that was an eye opener. And that just happened like three days ago. Hmm. Because I hadn't been, to, it was a skate park I used to go to a lot, and I haven't been going there very much. Okay. And then I went back, and they were just like, "Oh yeah," just telling me all this stuff, how they influenced me or them, and like their style of skating or the trick selection that they did. Yeah. Telling me all this stuff, like all oh, that video, this, blah, blah, blah. I was just like, "Oh man, that's oh, awesome. crazy." How yeah. old are the kids? They're like, um, I don't know, like early twenties. Okay. Are they yeah, pretty anywhere good? between like 17 and like early 20s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Some of the kids that came after me are real good. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Ben, this has been super fun. I mean, I've followed you as a climber for a long time and I've watched a ton of your climbing videos. So I probably fall into one of those people that has certainly been influenced by you in your, in your climbing. And it's been really fun sharing a rope with you a little bit and sharing conversations at the crag. And I look forward to, to more of it. Yeah. Up until the gym opens up and you yeah. disappear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll still be there just on the weekend. Awesome. Cool, yeah. man. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks so much for this. This has been super interesting. And, and thanks for sharing your insights and your stories. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. This was fun. Right on. 
All right, man. I'll see you. See you soon. See you. Okay. Cheers. Before you guys go, I want to say thank you to those of you who have become patrons over at Patreon. I haven't talked about this on the show yet, but if you go to thenuggetclimbing.com, there is a support the podcast button, a orange button at the top, and there are a number of ways to support the podcast. I'm on Patreon, and that is going to be the best way to support the podcast moving forward. You can become a patron for just $1 a month, and I will send out the names of upcoming guests to all of my patrons. And if you'd like to, you can submit questions for those people that I'm going to have on the show. And if I like them, I will ask them. There's no guarantee that your question will make it on the show. I will vet them and choose the ones that I like, and it's completely subjective. It's totally up to me, but I think it could be fun. I know a lot of you guys follow climbing very closely, and I'm sure that many of you have really fun and interesting questions for some of these people that I plan to have on the show, stuff that I wouldn't have thought of. So again, that's over at thenuggetclimbing.com, and click on the Support the Podcast button at the top. And if you choose to support the podcast, I'd totally appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Much love. See you next time.